and Beck was very, 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 very jealous. Oh, really? She still, uh, they still haven't knocked on the door yet. No. That'll be uh, your, your dream. That'll be. That, your, that's uh, my target. I've got to get her on there with Michael yep. Bublé and Anton Deck. Wedding anniversary present. Like, <laughs> fucking okay. hell, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> that, Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a 30 something and I'm learning how to be a dad. And I'm Dan. I'm also a 30 something and I consider myself to be an Obi Wan Kenobi because I've got a couple of kids. Well, welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Rollins of Dadman. I'm Dan, and joined, as always, by Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm very well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, listening to us. This is my highlight of the week, where I get to look at your very chiselled beard, <laughs> which doesn't make sense to anybody. That was my 30th birthday. Wow, right, okay. It was a long time ago. I know which picture you're on about. I went 12 months without shaving. I think that was like when I was 28 or 29. I just went a full 12 months without shaving. And, and I mean, not like trimming it, just doing nothing, I think. And then I remember going to like a, a fancy barber's in Manchester. Someone had bought me a voucher for a beard trim. So it must have been a very passive, aggressive way of saying get your beard trim. <laughs> Um, and I got it trimmed down then, and it was wasn't like so, so. For a long time, I had a very big beard, but yeah, twelve months I think I went without shaving. Wow. Yeah. It, it's yeah. almost like it's a stubbornness challenge, isn't it? Like I, I can, I can not shave and watch me. Look at how stubborn I am. But I think that partners up very much with laziness as well. It, well, this is the whole vegan thing that's going on at the minute. There's nothing ethical about it. I mean, <laughs> I get I get the sentiment that eating animals is bad, but, you know, I just don't want to be the first person to give up. <laughs> like, I'm just too stubborn. So, I mean, that brings us into sort of what we're up to this week. And obviously, we've broke barriers. Me and you don't just speak once a week uh, for recording. We actually... Yeah met up and, and saw each other and you know you and Becky came around with Robin yeah and and a term that was mentioned got me thinking over the weekend actually after I said it out loud like I am actually a flexitarian flexitarian is basically just you do the fuck whatever you want right isn't it yeah I, t- I sort of am really you know like I've cut it out for certain meals and I guess yeah you, you guys will be when one of you fails you well, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a slight fail today. We've uh, we went we had like a a bit of an afternoon tea for Mother's Day. We've had some, you know, your standard sandwiches and cakes. And Fossey made some cakes. Um, and it was only after I'd ate one of them that Becky told me that they weren't vegan. Um, ah, so she's actively trying to set you up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is it? So I'll be fine. One little very cupcake. I don't think that's uh. T- to be fair though. We did a meat plate for the for the meat eaters, and then a vegan plate, and the cakes were on the vegan plate. So I'm I'm counting that as deceit, to be honest with you. What so, kind of fucking cakes are meat cakes? Oh, well, you know what I mean, the meat eaters and the like, the kind of fucking <laughs> eggs and milk and all that devilish thing that goes in cakes. So a plate for everybody, and then a plate for you two, basically. So so kind of yeah, a plate for the awkward people. And they were only like the, you know, the packet mixes with like the little stickers that you put stick on top of the 
icing sugar. Yeah. I used to make them when I was kids. I used to have Dennis the Menace ones. Like, they were the best things I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> Apart from the Super Super Ted Vitamin C tablets. I don't know if you ever remember them. I saw it, do you not? Super Ted was, like, my go-to child program. Oh, I used to love Super Ted. It's yes, was it? Yeah. What was that pink bird-looking oh, character? Oh, yeah. I was he say, a panda? I don't know what he was, but he was a spotty little thing, wasn't he? Mm. And Banana Man. I used to love Banana Man. Oh, Banana Man. That was an amazing opening credits thing. That it was yeah, that, and so you had that. Then you had. Do you remember Trapdoor? I don't remember Trapdoor. No, no. It was like a plasticine thing. One of those stop action uh, efforts. It was yes. I'll, I'll have to take that. I'm, I'm sure I'll have watched it. And then Kate Duckula. Oh, Kate Duckula. Like Captain Planet and things Danger like that. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. E-Man. Brilliant. E-Man the cartoon before. E-Man the, film. the cartoon. Yes. I remember uh, we were. Ta- I was talking to Becky the other day about, uh, you know, like she was talking about her childhood cartoons, and I remember I mentioned two things, and she had no recollection. Now one of them I assumed she wouldn't have known, but the other one I thought there might have been a small chance that she known. So the ones that I mentioned was Biker Mice from Mars. That. Yeah, was there, like Angry Tomatoes in that? There, well, there was a TV show called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, maybe I confused it with yeah. that. Maybe it was on a similar time. And that was a little cartoon. It went, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I still remember it. Maybe I want to go watching that. But that was based on, like, a 70s B film. I tell you what. I tell you why I always remember this. It's because this is another thing that, like, is a generational gap, I guess. Like, the age gap thing. Because... Becky has never done a Friday night blockbuster. To me, at one point, that was like the highlight going to blockbuster or the spa around the corner did uh, videotapes as well. See, I could imagine if Becky had been like a teenager just as that was, you know, going under. I mean, I I know obviously everything's all online these days, but when me and Beck first started going out, I mean, 11, 12 years ago, we went to blockbuster a couple of times. Yeah, I, I mean... It was still a thing. Yeah, it just turns out... With DVDs, not tapes. Yeah, it just (laughs) turned out that something that she never never did. Anyway, Friday night on Blockbuster was like a a big thing and and we'd go get a video or something. And I always remember on the top shelf, it's not where I'm going, but on the the top (laughs) shelf there was a video that said Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And it it was just this angry red tomato with a machine gun and like an army bandana. And then, like, a belt full of bullets. I don't know if I'm having some sort of Mandela effect, and this definitely didn't happen. <laughs> but <laughs> I 100% always used to be obsessed with this giant fuck-off red army tomato that wanted to kill people. And I never got to watch it. See, I remembered it because of the crisps. The tomato oh. ball crisps. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Just, who adds tomato-flavoured crisps? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Becky, this week... Is an actual psychopath because she bought Marmite flavored crisp. That's just not normal, mate. I, I mean, I've tried them. Day now. They're not that bad, but who actively gets Marmite flavored crisp? That's just weird. <laughs> I mean, sort of in defence of weird flavored crisp. I, I went to the shop the other day and saw pickled onion flavored crisp. I love a pickled onion crisp. Oh, amazing. Beckett, Beckett salt. Really? Beer. 
you don't see them anywhere, do you? So I paid over the odds for a single bag of pickled onion crisps. I love a pickled onion. Pickled onion Space Raiders just hit the spot sometimes. Space Raiders, yeah. But these were Walker's pickled onion crisps. Oh, really? Wow. For proper, yeah. Mm. Like most water in now thinking about them. <laughs> Before we get any pod in, the second TV show that she had no recollection was Zap. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Was that like... on, probably on ITV, just like as you got home from school? Yeah, and it used to piss me off because I had further to walk than most people. So I used to get home and it had already started. Right, okay, I can see. It pissed me right off. So like, I missed the first five or ten minutes. So, so like, quite, quite often I'd get in halfway through it or something like that. I used but to it was, Zap. Oh, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. You remember Play Days? Play days, yeah, I remember play days. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell, that's taking me back. Anyway, oh, now so. we're uh, into being <laughs> children for one episode. And we've probably covered half of our recommendations there. Um, I think the theme of this episode, I was going to set cutting the apron strings. Because okay. I've got a few questions I'm going to throw at you in a bit. Just to sort of discuss what your anticipations, your expectations are on cutting apron strings, giving them more f- freedoms and whatnot. We'll okay. come to that in a bit. But first, I mean, obviously, other than coming round ours, what uh, what have you been up to? Just a bit of a quiet week, really, to be honest with you. Like, nothing, nothing major. Obviously, today is Sunday on the time of recording. Obviously, the clocks have gone forward, so our um, our usual quarter to seven the morning wake-up call with Fossey jumping on us was, you know, quarter to five. Sorry, quarter to six today. How was a, how was a dog this morning? Did, uh, did, did they realise the time had gone forward or was he waking up at usual time? She, sorry. She, she was fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but well, apart from that, we've had a, we've had a bit of a quiet day. We've obviously done some um, few little family visits to go see our all our mothers did the the thing where you know we made Becky some breakfast in bed, gave her a couple of little presents, like being a mother. We just showed that we really appreciate her and love her, and you know it's been just been a nice chilled out day. And mm. um, obviously we've had some afternoon tea today. Uh, ate too much. Wanted to go to sleep by five o'clock. Yeah, you know that kind of nice. thing. Nice. Yeah. Just some carbs. And then yeah, throughout the week we've just had quite a chill chilled little week made good use of the weather and been outside for a little bit of it how about you i know it's, it's got nice hasn't it i know it's yeah it's been really nice these past couple of days concerning well yeah british the british summertime thing obviously that's now in fact what i found really funny was beck made a point earlier on today that it fucking had to be on mother's day that you lose an hour oh my uh, god out yeah. of all the days yeah <laughs> that's made for an interesting day I've been waiting on Beck hand and foot today. Oh, have you? And it pissed me off because she's not my mum. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a point of it, yeah. So like, Flossie didn't do any of the work. To, well, she did. To be fair, she got up with me and she helped me write a card and and stuff. But she didn't make any breakfast. I was making her breakfast as well. At, <laughs> why, do, why do we? Why do we have to do this trouble? The kids should be a. Uh, Get exactly. Get money for this, yeah. So, 
I got Georgia to do a few things, and she, to be fair, Georgia loved it. She loves helping. She's at that age where she just wants to get involved and help right. in that. So she, Beck has abused it today, rightly so. She helps like, us all you know, massively, and it's very much appreciated. Obviously, why we did last week's episode, um, you know, same for you with Becky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've done that. We've, we've obviously been seeing both the mums today. And then uh, yesterday, which loops into our recommendation as well, we went to somewhere that was new to me. I'd never, ever been, but it's relatively local. Have you ever heard of Yarrow Valley? Becky's talked about Yarrow Valley. Like I say, it's not too far away. Is it a big lake? Like a lake? Yeah, Yeah, we went a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, it's really nice around there, is it? I've never been. I mean, this will be my recommendation. There is an amazing food place in Chorley Market. It isn't market food. It's like all homemade food, and they've got like a little cafe bit outside. Honestly, it's really nice. You have to go. It's called Busy Bees. I've been trying to get Becky there, oh, for Christ, about 12 months, and she's like, oh, it's just like a fucking market. I'm not going there. And she, I managed to get her there once, and she was like, this is like the cutest, bestest thing I've ever been to. So we we went there, and then we went to Yarrow Valley, and it's yeah, it was really nice. Mm. We spent, my God, half a day they would take the dog walk around the ponds obviously the play area was there for georgia in that yeah a bit of a picnic and it was nice because it was yesterday when it was really sunny yeah it was good uh, no so we did that and then i suppose the shocking news really a taylor hawkins oh i know really yeah that's a real downer i guess wasn't it mm. i uh, the band that i'm in like one of my one of the guys from the bands like dropped it on us at seven o'clock in the morning like to say that he'd passed away and honestly like i was really really shocked with it i still am it's very sad naturally you know and he's obviously left and i suppose it hits differently when you've got a family but he's obviously left you know a wife and three kids behind yeah so you feel for them but you've got to wonder what that's going to mean for the foo fighters now yeah and and i guess it's just one of them things where you've got a you know, they, they've got to have time. Dave, Dave has had this all before, hasn't he? I, get, I mean, we're talking like like I know him, but the whole thing must must be traumatic for the band as well. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a somber note. <laughs> Usually we try and keep a bit more upbeat, but... Yeah. The, the Foo Fighters are massive, but, like, I guess for our kind of era, it's something that we, we grew up on, wasn't it? Like... I remember, I remember getting to the Food Fighters for the very first time, and 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 you know because of our ages and stuff like that, we were a little bit late to the scene, I guess. Um, I was thirteen when someone introduced me to the Food Fighters, and I always remember, you know exactly who it is. What I would say, I got a Christmas present of the Food Fighters album. There's nothing left to lose, wrapped in A4 computer paper, <laughs> like that was the wrapping. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yeah, so I was 13 and I got this album and, you know, I heard I heard Breakout for the first time and like I was like, wow. And I always remember this same friend like who kind of got me into rock music, played me three songs. And and I always say like a bit tongue in cheek that it changed my life, but it kind of did because it set me on like a another road in life, really. And it was Breakout, Smells Like Teen Spirit and Wait and Bleed. Like, and then I just thought, that's oh, my God, this whole kind of music. Just to clarify, they are not all three Foo Fighters songs. No, no, they're not. Yeah, 
my, my point is like these three songs and I was like I remember listening to Wait and Bleed and it was like oh my god this is music this is different <laughs> this isn't the fucking Venga voice that we that's not Peter about. Andre what the exactly this is this mysterious girl he keeps yeah. talking about this isn't this isn't Aqua this is <laughs> this is like one of the first albums I got was was Aqua. I'm like, no, this is this is different. Well, I had a similar thing to be fair. Yeah. Someone played Van Halen for me, and I, about a month before, me, you, and and one of our friends had been to Wigan, and we'd bought Aqua. I think it was Barbie Girl or some shit like oh, that. Yeah, on yeah, the single, what, and we yeah. came back and played that on the playstation on the playstation one yeah. i remember it specifically we'd gone to wigan on the bus we'd gone into the music shop bought that cd it was like three quid or whatever it all was. three of us bought the same as single, a, didn't we? yeah as a music cd single came back played that on my playstation one with the 3d graphics and then <laughs> we all oh, like yeah. pissed, out, pissed up laughing 13-year-old kids, we'd gone downstairs, my mum and dad had made us pizza, and then we watched Gladiators. Yeah. Just for the record, guys, I think this was the first... Well, well, one, we were 13, but this was the first... I think this was the first time that I was allowed on the on the bus on my own. We'd been out to previously, to, 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 to Wigan, uh, but we've always had lifts or something. I always remember, I think the first time I properly went to Wigan on my own was when we went to watch the Titanic, and I had to lie about my age, <laughs> like because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you was twelve at the time. Me and the other person weren't weren't old enough, so we had to lie about our age just to get in. Oh. And then we came out saying women. We are bursting through everyone going, "Oh, women and children first thinking it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh God, we were so cool. Yeah, um, no, we weren't but, fucking yeah. wankers. Yeah, so so my my point in that was that is that. that like that kind of changed my whole. I, we I got to hear about all these bands and I got to hear about all this music that I never heard before. And the Foo Fighters were really like a gateway for that. And then I heard the color and the shape, and I'm like, oh my god, what's this noise? Like, what's this drumming? I like it. Just it just I got consumed into music probably because of the Foo Fighters. I, I guess you as well, and a lot of other our peers like. They they just really resonated with me. There was at one point where I could listen to a song in one second and and get it straight away. I'm pretty sure you've done a test on me. I don't think I could do that right like now. I'm far too old and we've got far too many albums. But so yeah, it's just it's just just sad news, isn't it? So let's kick into a little bit of actual you know stuff that we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Have you got any parenting highs and lows? Do you know what? I haven't really got any lows this week. We've had a a nice nice little week. There's been nothing majorly that's gone wrong. I guess I can talk about a parenting high and a parenting low at the same time, but it's very it's very contrived. Robin is starting to learn new things. She's now grabbing, and this means now it's great to see her develop, but this now means that she's ripping my beard every two minutes, <laughs> and um. Ripping my glasses off as well, so I, I might have to consider getting laser eye surgery just to. <laughs> but no, it's been a really nice week. It's it's really nice to see um, Robin progress from day to day, and yeah, and just everything that 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 comes with that. Um, Becky and I were talking earlier on that it's everything moves so fast, and and sometimes when even when you're at your lowest and you're knackered and you and you're tired and 
you know, you've just got to take every single moment in because at some point, Robin won't need us anymore. And I'm talking about that in a few years' time. But even like at Floss's age now, she she comes for cuddles and she comes for cu- but she comes for cuddles rather, you know, for a, her kind of sake. She wants to cuddle. Whereas at the minute, Robin is completely dependent on us and she she holds on to us for dear life. And, you know, she really needs us at the minute. And it's just it's just a really nice feeling. You know, looping back to the actual theme of, of today's episode, you know, it's uh, you you have to make a decision at some point, you know, of when to as you said, cut those apron strings. You've got to sort of accept that they don't need you. Yeah. You know, your requirements as a parent do change. Someone said something to me, and, and it, it's a different spin on it that I'd never thought of parenting that, you know, you you've always think of parenting as you're watching your kids grow up. But, you know, on the other hand, your kids are actually watching you grow old. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily know it, but you, you are actually, you know, as you're, childhood you've watched your parents experience a lot of things um, yeah and they've maybe hidden their reactions from you but you know like much like you would to your kids well yeah yeah it was just a bit of a different spin on parenting that i thought was uh i thought it was interesting you don't really know what your parents go through until you become a parent yourself like that didn't resonate with me i guess like Mm. That that makes complete sense now, like. But yeah, how about your parents and highs or lows before we go into it? Have you got anything? Like you, nothing specific. You know, it's just been a bit of a a busy week, so nothing's really jumped out as you know worth mentioning. But something that I have seen or witnessed today, obviously with it being Mother's Day, and as I mentioned before, Georgia, you know, willingness to sort of help out. It was nice to see her looking after beck oh that's nice yeah so like she's beck said oh i could do with a drink or whatever i'm thirsty so georgia's gone oh i'll I'll go and get it for you it's just nice to see that role flipped and georgia wanting to look after beck and uh you know beck's talking about taking her mum on a spa day for her birthday and georgia's like you know i want to come can i take you when i'm older and you know it's just nice that she's associating looping that all together that she's yeah. going to look after her mum so that's nice to see you know that's definitely a high sort of the funny kid moment if you will at some point George has given Beck a drink today and she's given her a few other things like she's given her some M&Ms and stuff like that and some chocolates and she just does this over exaggerated overacted bow where she waves her hand about seven times and then bows down as she's giving her something as though she's this high commander <laughs> <laughs> fucking amazing I, to watch I, I, I take it back reveled in that <laughs> oh we both broke down in like t- don't no idea where she's learned that from oh. no one's told her to do it she's just done it out of her own like, out of her own like, heart but it's sense of humor is amazing oh, it reminds me of flossy so like as we mentioned briefly last week and i won't go on about it beck has started doing some videos and a little talk Becky was doing a video and she was recording herself and then Fossey just upped out, looked at the video, hijacked it and said, hi guys, welcome to my channel. <laughs> like, oh God, <laughs> like, where have you learned that from? 
YouTube. Yeah. Like Georgia used to do that. She used to sit like we bought her one of them uh, VTech cameras that you can make videos and stuff on, oh, and right. you just sit there and watch her. Like, I watch some of the videos back that she's made, and she's emulating some of the YouTube stuff that she watches. So a lot of the kids' YouTube channels, it's overacted. It starts off with, "Hi guys, welcome back to another video," and all that shit. Georgia's is doing exactly that. She went for a phase where she would just sign off every video like and subscribe you know that's the sort of the the world that our kids are growing up in well it's yeah that's true isn't it around the social media thing so you know tying that together with the, the theme of the episode you know when's socially acceptable to start letting them watch youtube and stuff like that and well it's a bit I mean, of a gray area isn't it like you've got the kids youtube yeah at what point do you sort yeah. of let them off and experience the world when's too soon what do you i mean what's your thoughts well flossie has a tablet and she's she's very good at using it it is heavily heavily restricted so like she has apps that she can like go on she's got a few games and and what we'll tend to do is she doesn't tend to have an internet connection we'll we'll tend to download some stuff from netflix and disney channel uh, and then she watches them offline which i think i think works for us I think YouTube is a bit of a world where Flossie is far too young for it now. Mm. Um, because the problem is, it's never safe for anyone to, to go on it, isn't it? No matter what you do. I mean, even now when you're adults, you you can be subject to some kind of abuse. You could, you could say the wrong thing and 30, 40 people can hurl abuse at you. So, uh, I mean, in terms of, in terms of Becky, we, we certainly do restrict Flossie's like the stuff that she can search on there, and I think that's the right thing to do. Mm. Uh, in in truth, I'd, I don't know when we would unrestrict that. I guess it all comes down to when she wants a, a phone, really, and then we then we then we'd be struggling. But in terms of phones, and yeah. when is when is the right time to give a phone? I, I would think in well, that was something 11, I was going to bring 12, up. 13, yeah, uh, that, that that was something I was going to ask you. Like, at what point do you think, you know, in, in your head, obviously. Flossie's not even anywhere near this stage, so you've not even had to have these thoughts yet, especially you know, with you and Becky, and then definitely not with Robin. So but in my head, the most sensible thing I can think of is it would be a good idea to get a phone when child is starting to go out on their own. And I'm not just saying like going out to parties or anything like that, you know, just going out in case it's an emergency, whether that's a basic phone where you can just speed dial your number in. Off the top of my head, I would say, and I don't know, this is me being overprotective and maybe I'm not keyed into the right world, but I would say that if you're starting to walk to school on your own, so like maybe secondary school, 11, 8, that's the right time to get a phone. But having said that, I think my, well, my niece has got a, a phone now and she she's in year six so maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm out of i mean i'm thinking at year six i probably walked home from school on my own would i expect him flossy to walk home at 10 on her own mate? i don't know maybe i'm a little bit out of touch at the minute what what's your thoughts on this i mean obviously i've gone through it already with callum i wouldn't say we were strict you know with a phone, I completely agree that it's there for the security reasons. They want it for connecting with the friends and stuff like that. You know, as long as you you put the appropriate controls in place, technology is a good thing. Yeah. But 
and that we'll be doing exactly the same for Georgia. We yeah. Wait until she starts high school before that happens, and even as a thing, when you go to high school, you, you go from being the big fish in a little pond to a little fish in a big pond, and the yeah. kids that you're mixing with, everyone's got social media. You want to fit in. You know, everyone's got a Facebook account, everyone's got a Snapchat and all that, Instagram. And I, I you know, want to try and make Georgia wait until, you know, she's 13 for that, when, you know, the, the appropriate age. But I know that we're going to come under a lot of pressure, and you will with Flossie, you know, yeah. once she hits year seven, and a lot of the kids are still 11, 12, to let them have that. So it's a challenge it's a parenting challenge it's a different challenge than than what we had i can i agree that you know i used to walk to school when i was in year four year five i would a hundred percent not let any of my kids walk to school year four year five now because the world's a completely different place i think there's a time and there's a time and a place now i remember walking to school and when i was in primary school It, it didn't you know it wasn't all the time but my commute, if you imagine the school field, there was another 50-yard field, and my commute was to climb the fence over the field and then I'd be in the back of my... <laughs> like, it was literally a 45 seconds walk to my house. So that's really different, isn't it? What what I'm kind of saying is that it's a... I mean, it's only 20, 25 years. Fucking hell, 25 years. But a lot has changed in those 25 years, isn't it? So is technology. 25 years ago, MySpace wasn't even a thing. And people who are on social media now don't even know what MySpace is. Yeah, it's true. I actually saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago and someone went, imagine if we had something like a social media where you could post things like you can on Twitter, but it lists like whenever someone visited your page, there was music and it was your favourite music, like your play fit playlist. And you could merge Spotify and Twitter. And someone went, uh, we had that about 10 years ago and it died a death. <laughs> oh, so, MySpace was such a massive thing though as well, wasn't it? You'd get yeah. skins and you'd you'd all be friends with, oh, what was his name? Was it Ben? Yeah. But yeah, and I, I guess the thing is that when we was 11, we, we all had Grand Theft Auto. We all had chipped PlayStations, wasn't it? I guess that's the... <laughs> That's the equivalent. I never had a chip PlayStation. I went down the N64 route. My point is, even gaming was different then. It was 3D was 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 very much the end thing. But Grand Theft Auto had to be 2D because of the violence, and it almost made like it was a little bit more not real. Does that make sense? Whereas you don't get that now, do you? Like realism on on the games is is very much the the focal point, isn't it? I mean, I remember there was a, a couple of games back then that, you know, were banned for being very violent. There's violence in everything. If you think of it now, Fortnite is pitched at kids yeah. for what you're doing. You're killing 99 other people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the underlying theme is to kill. So, I don't know. It's it's a bigger topic, I suppose. Honestly, I don't have the answers for it. Personally, I think there is a time and place for... You know, letting your kids into that world and you know, easing them into the world of violence. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there's got to be a maturity factor there as well. Like, I remember I got my very first phone at 14. However, again, that was a very, very different time, wasn't it? It was a Motorola, it was texting and calling, and that was it. And I mean, even then, texting was fine, but it was like 14p a message, so you couldn't, you, you, you had to be very. 
economic. <laughs> yeah, with your text messages, couldn't you? I remember going onto a fucking website where you get free text messages. Do you remember that? Where you text? Oh, yeah, it was something blue, wasn't it? Blue. Oh yeah. And then when you were struggling to, t- <laughs> when you were struggling for credit, you'd text this person. It was like TB your phone number. Um, or you just two ring them. <clears throat> you'd ring yeah, them twice. Yeah, if you had like five P yeah. credit, you'd ring them twice, and then they'd message you back. Remember creating ringtones as well. Like you oh, go on yeah. websites, and then you just put nine 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 seven seven eight five four six six six. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then, you know it'd play like Foo Fighters. Like there's nothing left to lose. Yeah. I always go down to our generation because we haven't we haven't had the same experiences with you. Like we've still got two quite young kids. But if you think about it, we were kind of like the last generation of the CDs and we were the very much the first generation of the Internet. I mean, we probably left ourselves vulnerable on the Internet. Yeah. Thinking like chat rooms and MSN Messenger, like kind of thing. That was that was a big thing when we were we were younger. Mm. And at what point did we think that was OK for us to go on? Same as what the kids will think. Yeah, I just want to chat to my mates. Yeah. And you think you can handle it and you think you can navigate all these other people and nasty messages and stuff like that. But you don't want that for your kids. You don't want them to have to navigate that. No. But I guess there's also that kind of, at some point, they are going to be subject to it. And obviously, you don't want your kids to be upset. You, you, you never want them. You you want them to, to, to be as happy as they can. But they are going to, you know, going to get into some kind of conflict. And you can't I think the key is to try and c- keep, create like a, an open environment at home where they can talk to you about it so you can help them through it. You know, not being overbearing because ultimately, you know, like you say, you, they're going to experience it somewhere, whether it's on the playground at school. So high school is horrific. <laughs> you think your kids don't swear, but you know full well that we did. The, you know the conversations that are had in school and the threats and the you know, stuff like that that happens in school. You just need to make it a comfortable environment for them to be able to talk to you and open up about it. I suppose that's the only thing you can do, and then help them navigate their way through that. Yeah, it's always that fine balance of like you want your your kids to come come to you with everything so you always have to have that fine balance of you know being parents and it's it's not just being about a friend it's being a mentor but it's also being about um an authoritarian and it's about how you strike that fine balance isn't it i guess like that's part and parcel of being a parent yeah you know you, you have to be available for them to talk to you about anything even if it is just you know, <laughs> having a laugh yeah my conversations are completely different with George than the other Callum. George is very inquisitive. Callum likes thinking he's better than me. <laughs> Callum isn't. Callum Callum likes his own space. There's a mini competition at the minute. He's he's growing at a phenomenal rate, but he's nearly he's not quite there yet. But he keeps thinking that he's taller than me when he stands up straight. I slouch a lot, <laughs> so sometimes he feels like he is, and then I stand up straight, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm, I'm nearly taller than you." He's getting there. He will be one day. And at that point, you start time to start wearing Cuban heels, I think, just so you can get that extra. Fucking no, what? I wouldn't get through a doorway if I did. <laughs> no, I play the other <laughs> angle then. I'm like, yeah, you might be as tall as me, but you're not as big as me, like you know, whip wise. Oh yeah, that's true. Meaty, big arms. 
Got a few more steaks to eat. Okay. <laughs> hey, I've got a podmin. Okay. So Beck wants me to. No, I don't think this is a podmin. I think this is an absolute pile of bollocks. But she basically said, and I quote, there's no need to slag off Ant and Deck. They're not nearly 50, they're 46, and they're perfect. So there is my podmin. They are not nearly 50. However, if you mathematically round up, 46 gets to nearly 50. Yeah. I'm sure Beck describes herself as nearly 40. No, I, that was me. I, I, she, she's mid thirties whenever she describes herself. But oh, you know, okay. I think legally and technically, she is still in her thirties. Yeah. When and does late thirties become late thirties? I guess is the question, isn't it? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight, not thirty-seven. No, because thirty-seven is that weird grey space, isn't it? You can up until the day you are thirty-eight, you can still say you're thirty-seven, and that doesn't sound as bad. When you say you're thirty-eight. You are you're practically forty, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So I think she's got about she she's got a, a while yet before she hits that landmark. But uh, Ant and Deck are <clears throat> not shit, and they are not nearly fifty, and they are practically perfect in every fucking way. Last night's fucking Saturday night takeaway was her ultimate episode because it also featured fucking michael buble as well yeah i I saw that on instagram literally we don't have a live tv so we like we don't watch itv or anything like that but i heard didn't it go a bit wrong that's what i heard this afternoon if it did i didn't see it i know they brought someone out of the audience and beck was very 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 jealous oh really she still Uh, they still haven't knocked on the door yet no that'll be uh your, your dream that'll be that, that's uh, my target i've got to get her on there with michael it, buble and anton deck wedding anniversary present like <laughs> fucking okay. hell how much is that gonna cost <laughs> that'll uh, that'll give you unlimited brownie points so uh, what one of the one of the questions i wanted to ask well like i'm just thinking the, the the weather's getting better the world is freeing up and then we've obviously got some holidays coming up and I just started thinking that, you, you know, uh, Flossie and um, Robin have a, a four-year age gap. And, you know, if, if we do choose to have any more kids, there's, there's going to be, I mean, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But so there's going to start being where there's going to be quite big age gaps between Flossie and the, and the youngest. And I've always just thought thought about at what point, like, obviously you have Kellum and Georgia, that's quite a big age gap. And what I'm getting at is what what kind of things do you do to keep them both entertained when you're doing something? So let's say that you were going on holiday. How would you keep them uh, both entertained? Like, I, I'm taking that Callum isn't at the age where he wants to go, you know, watching Wellifant the Elephant or Rory the Tiger or anything like that. Um, but obviously that's, that's the kind of things that Georgia may like doing or, you know, e- equally Georgia isn't interested in going watching... <laughs> like wouldn't be interested maybe going watching the the football or something like that so how do you not so much divide your time but how do you make things fun for both of the both of them it's not easy that's definitely that's for certain it's always a challenge you've got to try and plan in enough activities that everyone's happy i don't know like we've been cornwall a few times and when we've been down the say we go to the beach we'll set buckets and spades so Georgia can, you know, do digging and all that lot, but we'll also take a football. 
for Callum. So I'll play football with Callum. And what we'll find is, you know, I'll do a lot of stuff. Like we'll all go somewhere together and I'll do stuff with Callum and Beck will do stuff with Georgia. And then we try and switch it around as well. But, yeah. um, you know, we try and be, if we ever go out on day trips and stuff like that. I mean, obviously they're at a bit of a different age to, to Flossie and Robin at the minute. Of an evening, if we go anywhere, yeah, we'll go to, you know, the clubhouse or whatever and see Rory the Tiger or whatever it is, the elephant. I don't know why I said Wellifant the Elephant or something. That's just like <laughs> That was the fire one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the fire one. That's like bringing yeah. back memories from when he came and did fire safety, like <laughs> the first thing that came into my head. But Yeah, Callum will sit there bored, but Georgia will love it on the dance floor. But we try and give a good balance of everything. The only thing you can do is just accept the fact that you can't please everyone all of the time. Yeah. You know, we'll perhaps go to a zoo. Georgia would love that. Callum will hate it. But then we'll go somewhere that Callum wants to go. And we'll all sort of, you know, go through that particular activity that Callum wants to do. And we sort of let them take turns picking what we're going to do, um, okay. give them a bunch of options. I, I suppose you're at this unique age now where, you know, Robin isn't really going to have any preference on what she does other than feed. So yeah. you can make it a lot about Flossie. I reckon you're going to have like four or five years before you've got this problem properly. Yeah, no, I, I know it was just it was just something that I was thinking about on there. I remember when I was 15 and, and 16, I my mum and my dad, to be fair, on on, on the sip would start going on um going on holidays and taking Jessica, and I would kind of not go so like i remember like left left at 16 and my mum would go away for the weekend and you know she'd trust me to stay on my own for the weekend maybe is that where you're at with callum or is callum kind of like still wanting to get involved a little bit or is he just saying no fuck off dad you're boring now (laughs) i mean to an extent yeah we'd never leave him at home for the weekend but do you know what that's maybe us not cutting the the apron strings we calm a little bit you know mm. i was left on my own for a week i think when i was 16 yeah my mum and dad you know they went on they saw their opportunity and they went on holiday maybe i was a bit older maybe I was 16 <laughs> and that. i'm sure it was first week of college they left me with a bunch of money to buy food and stuff and they went away for a week and i was fine i survived i'm still here but Callum's he's very, very mature. He knows. He's, he is good. He could be left on his own and he could look after himself and he could look after the house. But like if we go out anywhere, you know, like a day trip, like yesterday, for example, we went to Yarrow Valley. We give him the option. You know, we're open and honest with him. We just like, it's probably going to, we're going to be walking the dog. Um, there's probably going to be a play area. George will play on the play area. We'll have a bit of a picnic. Do you want to come? He's at an age where we can give him the option and he can stay on his own for a few hours. Yeah. You know, there's we'll leave him with food and stuff like that. We treat him with the respect that he is a, a 16-year-old boy, near enough. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we understand that. Are we going to go away for a week and leave him on his own? Probably not yet. But, you know, could he go overnight camping somewhere with his mates to, like, fishing? Yeah, if he wants. How old was you when you went like Reading Festival and stuff like that? Well, that? well, so it was it was different for us. So I kind of I went when I was fifteen and I was sixteen, but I went with my I went with my friends, but I also went with my dad as well. And the kind of the 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 rule was really that we could kind of do as we please. 
mm. for the festival, but my dad would be like, take a bit of a backward step and you, you know, like he'd he'd watch out for us kind of thing, but he'd he'd leave us on our own for a couple of hours and then we'd meet up after a little bit. Would would I feel comfortable leaving my kids <laughs> at Glastonbury Festival when they were sixteen? Probably not, but we survived. We were fine. So I was uh, I was like fifteen and sixteen, and then like we had someone knocking around looking after us. So it it's, it was a little bit different. But Maybe my you... parents were just a bit lax. Like I, <laughs> I remember yeah. going on holiday at age sixteen with my parents actually. I was no, it was the first year of college that I was left on my own uh, for a week. But my last year of school, I went with another of our friends uh, to Spain. Yeah. And we went there for a week with my parents. Um, me and him were pretty much left to our own devices to go well, do what we wanted. It was even even the same when I, I mean we went away together, uh, and I mean we weren't we couldn't have been much older than twelve, thirteen, but we kind of had rule of the campsite for whatever better word didn't we yeah we, um, well, you need to but make sure you come back here for a certain time and yeah yeah exactly so i, I don't, don't know. know maybe i'm just being overprotective and thinking that we've got two dead little ones at the minute and and it's a little bit different and i guess you can only really factor that in when you're there it's interesting uh, though to know how both of our perceptions have changed from us being in that role of wanting the freedom to us now being responsible for someone and not wanting to give that freedom. It's really, really interesting, isn't it? Like, I guess we've seen the evils in the world for what of a better for what of a better phrase, and you just, I guess, it's us being protective, maybe a little bit overprotective, but. I guess there is a certain point where you've got to say, okay, let's do this. Let's put some measures in place. It sounds clear that we've not really made our mind up yet. And maybe that's what parenting is. Maybe parenting is making decisions on the cuff, working it out with your kids as well, because I guess there is some sort of negotiation there. I remember when I was young, I was always saying, oh, I'll come back at eight o'clock or I'll come back at seven o'clock. And you know, you always wanted that extra half an hour or you always wanted to, I had boundaries. So like, oh, well, don't go past this place or only make sure that you go up to this field or this street. And I always wanted to push them a little bit. And I guess looking back on that, my parents must have been having some sort of internal dilemma in terms of, well, how much can I push this kind of thing? And mm. I guess you do put some rules in. Kids will only want to break them anyway. That's what, that's what was really good with my parents. When we went on, when I went to Spain with them, they knew that we were in with a group of friends who were all, you know, similar age and all decent. And we weren't just me and him. Um, you know, we were loads of other people, and then they got talking to the, these, you know, some of the kids' parents, and sort of became a kids' group, fucking about mm-hmm. in Spain around the hotel, you know, not fuck, not leaving and going into town or anything, but staying around the hotel, chatting to each other, and you know, left to our own devices, and then a parents' group, it's just being flexible, like you're saying, you're not yeah. being being careful with those boundaries, because if you put too much in there, they're gonna combat that. Yeah. Well, well, I feel like that was genuinely like a lot of advice. I felt that that was really helpful from my point of view, to be honest with you. So thanks a lot. Thanks again for everyone listening to us. I think we've rambled on enough for this week at least. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks again. See you all soon. See you later. <laughs>